0: Welcome back to Anchored and Devoted. Welcome back to Anchored and Devoted. We're <laughs> glad you're here with us. I'm gonna start over again. I, I can't.
1: <laughs> oh, Mercy, did you edit the last one? Not yet, no. But um, okay. You'll it, it's very easy. There. It's very easy for me to cut that out. Okay, that's just a snip, snip.
0: Gotcha. Well, let's try it again. Welcome back to Anchored and Devoted. I am Pastor Joseph and my brother... And Pastor Jer. There he is. He is the one and only Jer. Um, We are coming together today to talk about uh, most believers' favorite thing. Nope, not salvation. That's the next podcast. It's sin. Um, (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yes, we hate it and often we love it way too much. Um, We often like to convict other people about our personal issues and... Um, pretend as though our names are Jesus and we don't love grace or mercy. Um, I'm grinning
1: over here like a fool. Man, you're so right.
0: You're so right. This is. I'm just putting it out there. Looking forward to this. We we are talking about sin today. Um, please join us in this silly conversation. We want to talk about it more, not because we are lifting it up, but because we're lifting the cover off, and we want to make sure that we move forward and are free from it and know that our identity is not in it. So I know that's a lot. But let's, let's, let's talk about sin. Where let's do you want to start, Jare?
1: Dave, where did sin come from? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say
0: I found it on aisle three in Whole Foods, because they <laughs> like to snatch my check. Um,
1: but they are not sponsors. Um, so we will Not start. Not yet, with- <laughs> but Whole Foods, if you're hearing this, <laughs> and well, you happen to sell sin,
0: <laughs> we will start. You know, it, no, let me stop. Um, Genesis chapter three is where we see sin first kicking off. Um, we see that um, Adam and Eve have been formed. God has done His amazing work of putting together the stars, the sun, the moon. Uh, the animals of the sea as well as the air and the ones that walk on the land. I mean, the the amazing stuff he's done, Um, he does it, and then he also gives space for man to have free will. And um, in Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall of mankind where um, both man and woman chose um, self over God, Uh, chose to um, believe that their perception, their identity, Their um, thinking ability uh, was better than or was at least on par with God. They wanted to put themselves in the place of God. Um, And that is where sin began. It was in that decision of both of them. Um, First Eve that she could discern whether this fruit was good for eating and uh, engaging with the serpent as opposed to just saying, hey, you know, God comes by in the afternoon every day. Um, or in the morning, yeah, let's wait for him and talk to him about it. This is his garden. Um, and then Adam choosing to um, to not step up and be um, a good husband, but also not step up and challenge um, the thinking um, of that moment, but also not stepping up to go to God. Um, and so he failed in multiple ways, and in that failing, he embraced. Uh, a sinful nature that wasn't what God created them for, even though he knew that they would choose it. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's where the original sin is. It started with a lie. Um, uh, Satan took truth and bent it, uh, as he typically does, um, for his own desires uh, to, to trick or pull Adam and Eve away from God. And they walked into the bear trap, um, hook, line, and sinker. I know it's a whole bunch of different things there, bear trap and then fishing. But that, that is how it looks to
1: me. They got snagged and didn't realize it. Okay. Um, and it was, it was a big snag. Okay. So you're talking then in, in kind of broad brush, old church speak jargon, theological terms. You're talking about the concept here of creation, fall, and then that's going to be followed in, in Christian thought yes. by... Redemption and yep. consummation. So I want to. We're gonna. We're gonna bracket off redemption. We're gonna talk about in the next episode. This is a two-parter part one part two. <laughs> and salvation. So stay tuned. Come back on Monday or Friday, whatever this is. Um, bracket that off because we're getting to the good stuff. Really, we'll talk right now about the dirt. But you just said God created. They fell and sin. Yes, And I want to jump to the end of this and talk about sin and say, so in consummation, where, what is the end state of sin? I want to, I want to understand the bookends of this before we talk more about what sin actually is and what it does. So okay. we start with there's a fall. What is the end state of sin? What's it going to be at the end of whatever the story
0: arc is? Well, I mean, with sin, there's a, there's a consequence to it. Um, and so there, ha- there is this debt that is owed because you're not your own. So Adam and Eve were not their own. They belong to God. Um, and so in their choosing and breaking away, uh, there is a penalty, you know, and there has to be a payment for that. that. That is not something that is light or something that we can easily do for ourselves. Um, and so the end of sin is that it is destruction. It is separation from God. Um, because God can't have sin in his presence. And you end up with a people group who can't address the sin issue, or you end up with a people group that embrace the grace found in Christ, and um, God separates them from their sin. Um, I know we're going to, like I said, talk about salvation more on our next one, but those are the two options when it comes to the long-term ramifications. Only God can handle sin man can't, and if man strives to handle sin, it requires eternal separation from God as the payment, and that does not end. There is no million mile, million season, okay, now we're good, I can go to heaven, I worked it off. It's, sin is eternal, and the
1: one drop of it is enough. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, one of the things I like to think through as I Consider sin is uh, the three P's: mm-hmm. the power, the penalty, and the presence of sin. Okay, hit me. I'm listening. Uh, so when we're we live currently under the power of sin, mm-hmm. we are going to live with the presence of sin all around us, both inside of us and in the people around us, and in a mm-hmm. world that's fallen by sin. And we live under the forthcoming penalty of sin. We experience the penalty of sin now. Mm-hmm. If I go out and tie one on, and then get behind the wheel of a car and hit you, and you die, mm-hmm. your family is suffering the penalty of my sin. Mm. And then I will suffer the penalty of my sin when I spend the next 15 years in prison. Mm. Um, the okay. end of sin is that we will either be fully enslaved mm. to those three Ps or fully liberated from those three Ps. Correct. And that's what you were just talking about is either – we're going to eternally be in the presence and under the power and under the penalty of sin, or we will have been completely liberated from it and we will no longer, and and this is what's so glorious for me to consider, is we'll no longer be under the power of sin. We will no longer be in the presence of sin, and there will be no more penalty for sin anywhere in our experience or existence. And the reason I want to talk about that right now at the beginning is because I want to set up this whole conversation in terms of what sin is to say there is a, an excitement that I have in talking about this because the end that I'm looking to is the second one here where we are freed from this. So that's my hope for, for everyone I know. That's my hope for every listener to this podcast and any, every person that, that they come into contact with is that so we talk about this, what I want to be maybe ignited in your heart, is a deeper fervor, a deeper desire for that time and that place where the power and the presence and the penalty of sin will be completely excommunicated from our experience.
0: and listening listening to you talk, I have to update my definition because you talked about the the messiness of sin, as far as how it it doesn't stay contained, and you see it even in the very beginning um, with Adam and Eve that it it affected everyone after them. Like it didn't yeah, just sure. affect their children, their children, their children, their children. You know, you hit me with a car; it affects my family, your family. Like it's it's one of those things where it's it's around us and it's in us, and the newborn child is a sinner, just as the the senior citizen who is yeah. you know, struggling with a long-term health issue. Yeah. Um, it, it, it has nothing to do with um, uh, your ability to um, justify yourself. It has everything to do with who you identify. And if that isn't Christ, then it's sin. Uh, um, I know Romans 5, 12 through 14 talks about how Um, through Adam and Eve or through Adam specifically Mm through one man um, sin was passed on in death as a part of sin Um, Mm -hmm. because in the garden that you don't get the impression that death was on the scene Um, and so in Romans chapter five we see that because sin is now on the scene death is here and death comes to all people this is part of the fruit of sin Um, yes and yet uh, jesus came and died for all and so he he the one man uh the god man allows for us to now um shed that or be changed but but do understand that the sin is something that every person that is born of a woman has and there's no way of getting around this if you got a dad doesn't mean you know him just if you got one you've got sin um so It's it's yeah, go for it. What are you about
1: to say? You talked about um, you talked about sin in terms of the relationship that Mm -hmm. is broken, and there's 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 that side of sin that I think Mm -hmm. we need to um, talk about. But there's a a judicial side of sin that I'll also talk about. And maybe this is unpopular in our current um, climate and culture, (laughs) but uh, we need to we need to look this. Squarely in the face, and that is that sin is, um, it is more than an identity. It's certainly more than something that I accept as um, an experience that I have or an experience that you have. Uh, sin is a judgment, or or the sin. Sin is sin is metaphysical, so it's not a substance, but uh, the fact that sin exists, that we live in sin and that we have sin and we are guilty of sin, goes beyond my opinion or your opinion. It goes to a level of judicial truth, uh, where there is someone who is above me, who is greater than me and greater than you, who has defined what is true, what is moral, what is upright and what is righteous. This is God. He's defined it according to his character because he is upright and righteous and true. And anything that is not in accordance with who God is both separates the individual and the people from God, but it also puts on them a judicial judgment of unrighteous. And so when when I look at myself and I look at you i look at my kids i look at someone in society around me there's this idea that christians go around This you i mean you alluded to it at the top here we go around castigating people for our favorite sins or or our favorite whipping post sins um we don't hold ourselves to the same standard we justify ourselves mm-hmm. we pick on the pet sins that we like to pick on and, and that may be true and i'm not defending that in any way However, the flip side of that is that a listening world or a, a world with a hardened heart to God's grace will view that and will say, ah, but your whole idea of sin is something that's a part of your experience or your truth and you're trying to impose that on me. And I'm saying, um, no, false, stop, full stop. That is not what's going on. I can benefit by trying to lord this over you, okay? However, if I'm right, then it doesn't matter whether or not I tell you about your sin. You living in your sin and you're living under the future penalty for that sin, regardless of whether or not I think so or tell you, either it's true or it's not true. Either God exists and is righteous and has the expectation that we will be righteous or he doesn't. And if he does, then we are all in sin and this is a real existential problem that we have to deal with. And the truth is, every person deals with this in a way, in whatever way uh, they find, um, whatever way they choose, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Which is why we can look at the end of this and say, ultimately, you're going to be enslaved to your sin fully, or you're going to be completely liberated from your sin by grace fully. And my, again, my, my, my call here is, please don't be in that first group. Mm. I don't want that for you. It is not a good place. And it's not because I dislike your sin. It's not because I dislike you. It's not because I want you to live the way I do or because you have to uh, agree that what I'm saying is true. It's because if what I'm saying is true is true, then we all have to. And it doesn't matter who I am. But that, that's, a, I guess, a big tangent. So <laughs> let, me, let me kick it back to you with a question. All right. Okay, sure. Um, maybe we can kind of massage a little better definition of what sin is. This is something that Christians like to talk about with hamartia and <laughs> and bows and arrows and things. So yeah. you know, maybe maybe you can. Oh, you're gonna have
0: to give us a good on, definition. You're gonna have to kick on with some definitions. I can give the six year old definition. Um, Let's start there, man. I you think know, it's great. It, it's any. It's you know, God is your father, and sin is anything um, you know that. Uh, breaks his heart, that causes you to um, um, do, think, or say um, things that are not in line with who you are as a child of God. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, in in my household, um, my little guy understands his identity as a Joseph is one where um, there are certain expectations as well as there are certain You can call them regulation and certain rules. Um, We have those things. We know those things. Scriptures and Romans tells us it's been written on our heart. Um, And we should know them and read them um, because we're part of the family of God. Uh, But even for those who don't know, again, it's been written on their heart. These rules as to what sin is. It's where you put yourself uh, in the, the throne room or in that place where God belongs. Um, and so anything that you do out of that is sin, even if it's for good, like you think mm-hmm. that this is a good thing, it's still sinful because your heart was not focused on your creator. So um, you can go and feed the homeless and do it out of a sinful heart. Can God use it? Yes, God can use anything. He can use a donkey, so he can definitely use you, even if you mm-hmm. are a sinner. Um, but, but please understand, you don't get any credit for that. <laughs> Like there's, there's, you still are a sinner. So everything you touch is sinful, Um, and and that that is one of those things where it's hard because often we have people who think they can justify. Oh, this was good. It's like no, 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 no. This is not good. Like I know you you can with your rational mind say it's good, but by God's standard, this isn't good. Um, Sin really is um, all over you. And it's in you. And this is what's coming out, even with your best efforts. And so yeah. as you look to think better and to speak better and to do better, it starts with the heart. Out of that heart is what matters. And God has made that clear. If, if your heart is lost, if your heart is broken, know that only sinful things can come out of it. It's not what you eat, mm-hmm. what you put in your mouth. It's what comes out of it that kind of tells me where your heart is. And if your heart isn't one filled wow. with worship, isn't filled with love, isn't filled with a grace where you understand, that, again, your name isn't Jesus and mercy is what you need to extend to others, um, then, then there needs to be a hardship. Am I living, you know, in a way that is simple, or am I living in a way that is fruitful? Um, and I know that, you know, again, church definition, put up air quotes, you can't see me. Of, of sin is very vanilla. I'm going with a, a stronger version where um, the sin really has to do with your heart. Um, and you can try
1: your best. It's uh, uh, clarify that for us. You're saying sin has to do with your heart. It's not about your fill in the blank.
0: It's not about... It's not only about your actions. Uh-huh. Um, okay. There's a big argument. You see it in Scripture about faith and works. And... Uh-huh. How, does, how do we balance the two? You, know, you tell me that your faith is strong, but you don't do any works. And I can tell you I believe in God because of my works. Um, the reality is, is that um, if, you, if your heart has been changed, you have to do the work. Um, mm-hmm. you, you cannot do the work because your heart has been changed. This is part of being his tool. And you see that in um, Ephesians in the very beginning. You also see it in, I want to say, in Colossians chapter 2. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's one of those things where the heart has to um, bear fruit because it's been filled with the Spirit of God. It, this is no longer an old heart. This is a new heart, and it has a new purpose. Um, yes, the fruit takes time, but sin um, is not to be a norm. Can you sin? Yes, you can sin as a believer. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that um, that uh, Scripture makes it clear salt water and good water shouldn't be coming out of the same well. Right, Um, right. You know, (laughs) it it should be one of those things where you're daily checking in with God to see, is there sin I need to address? But then also, um, is this a habit as opposed to a relationship where I'm keeping God in his proper place? Yeah. And that was my team. man. So many, so many thoughts I'm having <laughs> exactly. That was my tangent. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so many. So, so I want to jump right to Romans three twenty three. You've already said it, but um, just quoting Paul here, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yep. Um, we, we've stated this, and Dave and I will, um, will take this to the bank, and we will take all comers. There's not a person out there who is not fully infected with sin. We take that as the starting point. So uh, Paul says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And some of the aspects that you've talked about here, I just want to tie together real quick, because you talked about both regulations in your home as well as identity. Um, Another way to talk about that is, uh, again, church air quotes here, He's talking about sins of omission and sins of commission. Yeah. yeah. God has told us not just what to do and to and not to do, but he has also told us to be like him. He's shown us himself. He's made us in his image to be like him. And when we are not like him, because of what we don't do, it is an identity issue when we actively do what he's told us to not do. Or when we disobediently or stubbornly don't do what he has told us to do, mm-hmm. it's an issue of regulation and falling short of that mark. There's, But at, at, the, at the foundational level here, I want to pull way back and, and see this, ultimately sin is an issue of where your heart is directed, as you said, and we see this really clearly in Romans 1, where... God creates the world. Paul's talking through this. He says, God created the world. And rather than being grateful and worshiping the creator, man suppress the truth and the righteousness and worship the creation, not being grateful. At at the very binary level, sin always boils down to this question: Am I going to serve God? Mm. Or am I going to serve myself? That's it. And you, you can package that any of a million ways. Um, but the, the, the question is, from an identity point of view, am I going to serve God and be who he has made me to be? Or am I going to be self-referential and define for myself who I wish to be? Am I going to serve myself or God from a regulation point of view? Am I going to do what God has instructed that I do and abstain from the things that God has instructed me to abstain from? Or, or am I going to be self-referential and do what it is I wish to do, be driven by and to fulfill my desires? And this is where our, our dear and dearly departed brother, Sigmund Freud, got it completely wrong. <laughs> He's not my brother, but anyway. No, well, okay. <laughs> He and Karl Marx did a uh, did number on, uh, on the world. Anyway, that's a different discussion for a different time. Stay tuned. <laughs> Freud said, you know, quite wrongly that we are made up of our internal drives, that that's who we are. And um, those things are, uh, they, they drive us to find who we will be. And, and said there's kind of this superstructure around us of defining who we should be. And then we have our true selves that try to balance between these internal drives and who that push us and our desires and this external imposition saying who we should be. And uh, often in in where Freud is taken is whatever those internal drives are, the further you go through Freud and into our present age, The response to those internal drives is embrace, accept, and identify with them because they are the core of who you want to be. And that flies directly against what God said. God said, no, I did not create you to follow your appetites. Again, I've talked in the past about how I instruct my children. We have a a mind, we have a heart, and we have our stomach. The stomach is the appetite. It says, I want. And there's never any amount of satiation that will cause my want to say, no, I'm done. Give it to someone else. It always says, I want more. And my heart has to choose and say, am I going to go with what God said or am I going to be self-referential? Self-referential says, I want, so I will. Heart's always going to say, I will or I won't. And the mind says, I should or I shouldn't based on what God has said or based on what I want. And there's that, that's always where this comes down to and so in, in one sense it's very difficult to understand what is sin because maybe there's a whole list of rules and as we've spoken in the past back in fact uh, in in the episode that dropped back in may red light green light, we <laughs> talked about hey if it's if to you kissing before marriage is a sin, don't do it because you said this it's going to feel to you like a sin it's going to be to you a sin and you're going to be violating the standard by which you're going to be judged amen it's the same way here there, there's plenty of of rules and lists that we could apply that does make it difficult to say well is this sin?" or it's not but peeling that back and saying uh, let's look at the other side of the page here it really is is god god or am I god is he on the throne or am I trying to climb up into his throne and demand the world work the way I wish it to work? The same way that Eve did. The same way that Adam did. If I do this myself, I'll get the outcome I have. Anything that follows that road is sin. And Paul goes on to say that all sin leads to death. And that's, we, we haven't really gotten to this point yet, but that's that's kind of where we have to go now. Is
0: well, let me pause first, but just and hit one thing: know that unlike Adam and Eve, you do have the Bible. So get in it. Um, don't don't <laughs> act, don't act simple. Like oh, I didn't know it was a sin. Um, read it, <laughs> listen to it, soak it up. Read it again, memorize it. Like there are a lot of clear things that God has, you know, shown in His Word that are not even close to being ambiguous. Um, And then there are other things where there is freedom um, with the understanding that we are to love our weaker brother. I'm sure we'll talk about that in another episode. So um, we should uh, uh, give them preference out of sacrifice, out of love, out of relationship. Um, It's just because you don't know doesn't mean you should go do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If anything, it's typically the opposite. If you don't know, you probably need to listen to the last episode on fasting. Then take some time to get closer to God. Um, but it's it's, it's not a, um, because everyone else is doing it or my pastor is doing it. it. If it's in the Ten Commandments, you know, the greatest commandment, love God first and love others as you love yourself. Like if, if you can't jive with those two things or um, as you were talking about the Great Commission, you know, looking at the Beatitudes, uh, if it doesn't cause you to be humble, if it doesn't cause you to be meek, if it doesn't cause you to, you know, work with those that are grieving, then you should know, okay, this probably isn't where I need to be. You're looking for places where you can grow. And, yeah. you know, embracing your comfort isn't one of those things. That's not what we're called to. And so as we talk about death, know that where the loss of life is, there is opportunity for people to embrace new life in Christ. But okay, okay. I'll, let you, I'll let you lead. Where are we going with death? What are you thinking?
1: Well, yeah, well, I'm thinking that we're, we're at 29 minutes. i trying to keep this at about half hour, but I think that's the right place, is um, sin leads to death. And that's the reality I have to deal with. Sin leads to, um, sin leads to slavery first,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and slavery to death. James talked about this. He said, where do quarrels and fights come from among you? Don't they come from your desires that wage inside of you? You have and you don't want, so you steal. You steal and don't. Get so you killed. Nope. Don't be deceived. God's not going to be mocked. Whatever you do is going to bear fruit, either good fruit or bad fruit, based on what it is that you're doing. And ultimately, Paul tells us in Romans 6 that to whomever you offer yourself to obey, you will be a slave to that master. Mm-hmm. And if that's your appetites, you will be a slave to your appetite. You will be a slave to those sins, and to sin as your master. And sin is a terrible taskmaster. Sin demands nothing but your complete allegiance and obedience Mm -hmm. to whatever it says. And it is not after your good. It satiates for a while, it seems pleasant for a while, and in the end is death. And that is why we're talking about because it's not just, well, I wish that people were better. I wish that people were kind. I wish that there was more justice and more loving kindness in the world. It's that this leads, this is a, this is a, a terminal condition that is going to have an end in the life of every single per- person who's ever lived. And because of that, if we don't recognize what the problem is, we can't talk about what the solution so what's the solution well the solution is in our next episode so i really hope that you stay tuned because we're going to talk about the death that uh that would come and how you can be freed from the bondage freed from the jail and born to new life
0: amen